Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ranking Thrones. I am James Kelly. I'm Evan Camacho. And here we are at our last of our first three melees of, of the greatest kings who sat on the Iron Throne and Queen mm-hmm. uh, that we're calling the Dance of the Dragons. Last week, we had a real interesting debate on which war, civil war, had the biggest impact and which real personality might have uh, pulled the day. And ultimately, it was a big fight between Rhaenyra and Robert. Mm -hmm. And Robert ultimately won the day, but it was by a very, very narrow margin. Yes. Like in so many other rounds, Rhaenyra would have won the. Mm-hmm. And so. Come this now week, to our final round. Now to our final of the first rounds. And then we're going to. And then whoever comes. This is going to be in the final round to determine who was the greatest of all the kings who yeah. sat on the Iron Throne. Pretty lofty award by our yeah. estimation. Yes. So. We'll find out. But before we do that, though, the highest and lowest scores for the most for some of our categories. And this is the fun, infamous category. Oh, no. Madness and misrule. Oh, this will be good. So the top scores, we have a four way, four way tie for with. Joffrey the Ilborn, Tristane Truefire, mm-hmm. Aegon the Usurper, and Magor the Cruel all uh, got 18. 18. Yeah. Of these, I'm kind of surprised Magor didn't get perfect. Remember um, me? I think the only thing we, we, we settled on was he wasn't insane. He wasn't insane. He was just completely and utterly evil. Yes. Although, the, yeah. I, I don't know why that... <laughs> that still makes it worthy of a 10 in some ways. <laughs> is that is that better? I mean, let's say, is that, be- is that better? Well, we'll put it this way. How about it wasn't randomized cruelty? Yeah. There is, like, some sick logic to some of it. Right. But it's still <laughs> monstrous. Yes. I don't know. Like, I can go either way, really. It's just like, it's like, eh, this really should be. I don't know. Let, let's be honest, everybody. Let's be honest, everybody. We're hearing out there. Megor's pretty messed up. Yeah. 100% but, evil. But he put down the rebellions, and as we saw, his legacy is um, uncontested, to say the least. Yeah. He is the image of evil. So, but. Tied for first, tied for first, mm-hmm. for worst. Oh no! For they both scored perfect twenties. Ares the Mad King. Yep. And Aegon the Unworthy. They uh, both got twenty. Yeah. One yep. laid all the groundwork for a civil war. Was really really abusive to his wife. And uh, and openly doubted the paternity of his only legitimate son. Yep. 
The other one was also abusive to his wife, was burned people alive, and started a civil war that destroyed his dynasty. Yes. So, Another... yeah, they were both really, really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun category. It's a fun exactly. category. It's like you imbeciles. Yep. Utter terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, what we said with the Chloe episode way back when was just like, uh, the Tyrion line... Is great from Game of Thrones, but like, no, they did have a stupid, vicious idiot king. Right. His name was the Mad King. <laughs> we'll be talking about him a lot this episode, I think. We've had vicious kings, and we've had idiot kings, but I don't know if we've ever been cursed with a vicious idiot for a king. Well, I think the thing is, Ares, Ares II, I wouldn't say he was an idiot. I honestly would not, because the guy ruled for once. The guy ruled for almost two decades. Yeah. Well, let, let's save it for, for, for now. Yeah. Because he's one of the dragons in this, in this dance. I know. Such a bad one. So, but on the other side, on the positive side, the mm-hmm. lowest of Madness MS rule. Mm-hmm. This one's a bit more varied. Um... At the top of the low low scores is Viserys II with ten. Okay, yeah. Like we had to give him faults because he did let all a lot of screwy things happen under his. He let things reigns. slide when he, he let he let things slide when he probably should have put his foot down, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah, because he isn't the king. Right. Makar the Anvil got nine. Mm-hmm. I think it it was all mostly like that. It all sadly boils down to him accidentally probably killing his brother. Right. Which he didn't want to. Oh. Yeah. Still did it. Yeah. Darren the Good got six. Okay. We're going to talk about him a lot, but I think it's just like, I think the only thing, it's like the elephant in the room that you, I think you said in the episode is like, a rebellion did happen under his rule. Mm-hmm. So, like, he can't get skate away ice free for that. No, but the fact that only one rebellion happened is kind of like, oh, right. it was a really, really big, impactful rebellion that yeah, would never be forgotten. Yeah, it was. the Conciliator got four. Okay. Like, yeah. as we said and we debated, like, it's like, he did make mistakes, but. All of his mistakes are only clearly mistakes with the clarity of hindsight. Right. And the fact that the guy ruled for the guy ruled for almost six decades clearly is doing something right. Yeah. Obviously. Most, this one most, I honestly now looking back on it, I think we were honestly a bit too kind to him. But Aegon the Conqueror got four. He's the conqueror. He built the world that he built the world for the next 300 years. Yeah, but the big thing, and, like, we did give him points for it, but, like, I think he deserves a little bit more points now, I think, of just, like, what he did in in Dorne... Yeah. ...is, like, more like, eh, this is, like... Not only brutal, but this was just not planned well. It just, like... I understand, like, he basically dug himself into a hole where he couldn't get out of, but it's, like, at the same time, it's like, ooh, this is not looking good for you, buddy. Like, you, you're better than this. 
And it's kind of like, this wasn't going to be so easy. You didn't think it was going to be that easy, did you? Unfortunately, well, he did. for a second, yeah. It's like, for a second he did, and then, boy, it's, and then he's probably kicking himself on the back of his dragon going, what did I, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? How I save face. Yeah. Well, that's the, 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 the great challenge was like, then it was just like, I can't lose this war. I can't, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. We'll talk about that though, because he's one of the dragons. So last. that's all three of these, these dragons, mm-hmm. 100% would define an era of the Targaryen dynasty. They, I think, perhaps best exemplify and best define a certain period in the dynasty. And a certain trait of the dynasty. Yes. So, first, Ares the Mad King, Aegon the Conqueror, and Darren the Good. So... My notes for Ares. Despite having a living heir and having helped eradicate the Blackfires, he would be the final Targaryen to sit on the Iron Throne. He squandered all of Lord Tywin's management of the realm. His madness triggered a civil war. That ended. That ended the Targaryen dynasty. He burned men alive that he believed his enemies. And he was given quite a few enemies. Yeah. He wanted to burn down King's Landing despite Robert's victory. Yikes. Next, Aegon the Conqueror. He conquered and united six of the seven kingdoms of Westeros. He ruled wisely and peacefully. But he failed to conquer Dorne, which led to a bloody reign of terror on the south. Yeah. Darren the Good. He united the realm by having Dorne join the realm peacefully. He managed to do what even Aegon the Conqueror could not do, and what Darren the First could only do briefly. He united the realm. And he did it without bloodshed. Yeah. He crushed the Blackfire Rebellion led by his half-brother, Daemon. He cleared the court and city watch of his father's corruption. But he is also the most polarizing king to sit on the Iron Throne, because he's either adored as a good and wise ruler or hated as a bastard pretender. Yeah. So... So, obviously, Aegon the Conqueror represents the conquest. Right. Ares represents the, the death throes of, of the Targaryen dynasty. Right, and kind of the flip side of the insanity coin. And Darren represents, I think, really the difficult realities of being both wise, but at the same time, you will never be always popular for your right. decisions even when they are for the greater good. Yep. There will always be dissent, and dissent can lead to eventual rebellion. Yep. So, 
I'm kind of, I mean, it's ironic, really. What's what's more important? The beginning of the di- of the dynasty or the end of the dynasty? I think that might be how we're going to go go this yeah, round. That is how we're going to go. But, like, that's such a sh- shame because, like, I, I want to say, like, like, some people have argued pound for pound that he, year for year, he is, oh, Darren is almost as great as Jaharis. Yes. If not even greater. And I can definitely see that argument. Absolutely. Absolutely, I can see that argument. The problem is, is that it's, it's the case of, as TV Tropes would put it, overshadowed by Austin. Or in this case, overshadowed by Terrible. That's what we keep on having. We have these really good dragons that would that aren't slouches, but like they get overshadowed. Once again, it's remember, remember in in this, especially in this one, we're comparing titans to gods. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what are you gonna work with? Yeah, true enough. True enough. I mean, the big thing I want to say though, in Darren's defense, before we say goodbye to him, I guess, yeah. is that he is so good at the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like, right. I, I kind of almost want to f- fight for him just because like, he really, really, really... Getting Dorne to join... Without killing anyone? That's really awesome. And doing this legacy for 100 years that still endures today? Yeah. That... <sighs> That is really, really good. That's really impactful. I'm almost tempted to actually. I mean, we'll put it this way: who's gonna, who's gonna be the contender? It's gonna be one of one of the two versus Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah, we're we're not. No, like we're not eliminating Aegon. Mad if we did. It'd be madness if we didn't include him. Yeah. I hate this. This is actually a really, really tough one. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna be. Uh, yeah. They're all they're all legitimately about the same. If for no other reason that they're spread out far enough that they each had their own time period that was really not too affected by the other. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, okay, maybe one one thing we could say, and this is what ultimately re- eliminated Rhaenyra. Right. Is that Ares is is surrounded by other big Titanic figures in his right. time. Right. It's it's him and Robert and Rhaegar. Probably Tywin. Probably Ned. Probably Ned. And well, if not Ned, then his dad and his brother. Uh, well, no, well, it, it's a case of. Uh, but but I don't know. I can't in all good conscience like dismiss Ares though because like no. it's so much like he is the one that really starts the war, right? Because like Rhaegar kidnapping or lovingly yeah. taking Lyanna, whatever he did, yeah. We don't know officially in the books yet. We have a good guess, but it's not official, people. It's yeah. not official mm-hmm. in the books. Uh, uh, but. Even that, it's like it's it is like Ares then saying like I will burn you alive. That causes this. That, that causes this. Well, not just that, but then of course it's like bring me Robert, Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark. I was like, no, okay, yeah, it's over. No, 
And so, well, and the fact that Jamie had to, again, it's so funny. It's so funny that he's dubbed Kingslayer as an insult when in reality, it was probably a spur of the moment, literally life saving decision. Well, it, that's his greatest moment of heroism. Right. What he's hated most for is, is his greatest moment of heroism. Yeah. It's like he saved thousands of lives that day by right. killing Ares. It's like no one, but like no one knows what he really did. So it just like it's like, eh, I really hate you all. Exactly. It's like I hate you all, and I saved your lives. Yep. Beep you. Yeah. Especially you, Stark. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. If you read the books, just like his hatred of Ned, like it's like once you understand like that context, like it's like oh. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a bit, puts a whole new dimension on this. Well, the other thing, too, is that, again, we're being a bit of a tangent here, but something I'd like to bring up is the fact, I mean, Ned Stark, for all his honorable tendencies, not exactly what I'd call, I mean, the guy the guy does not have an open mind. He, yes, he is rigid, yep. He's, he doesn't really have an open mind. He's not exactly, I mean, he's not an idiot, but he's, he just is not... I, I love how I love how one description of him described him is, is that he's a very intelligent man. Unfortunately, he's not a very creative man. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. But I love uh, Ned. I, I love Ned because like he's I I find that Ned is is a very moral man, and he's moral because when you, he's seen that when you're not moral, everything go, goes to crap. So, it's it's a case of, well, and we see that with Aegon in many ways, where it's like, look, you have to be ambitious and ruthless if you want to, if you want power. Once you actually get the power, the strategy has to change. One hundred percent. And that's what and and Ty, and and Tywin got this. Tywin was really the only one who actually kind of got this. And but even then, he still screwed up bad. Yeah, well, it's basically some, it's something that it's something that Cersei never figured out, which is getting to power is not the same as staying in power. Oh yeah, well, Robert, yes, right. uh, and Robert, and again, Robert, Robert's actually a good example of that, and even and um, and Darren's a good example of that, it's where it's like you've got the guy who just knows he knows how to st- he knows how to get power, he knows how to stay in power. Yeah, and you can't do it through fear. You have to, and and you can't do it through. You can't do it through only fear, and you can't do it through only trying to people please. But you know what? I think even though we're we're, we're debating mm-hmm. on trying to fight, I think that we're not speaking yet about Aegon speaks volumes, right? Of that, honestly, I don't want to cut this too short, but like, I don't know if either of these guys like can fight with Aegon's legacy. No. No, this like, was an almost this was an he, almost foregone conclusion. Because Aegon created everything. Right. He's just so mythical. He literally is. Well, he's the he's a larger than like he is he is Julius Caesar. He is Julius he is Caesar. William the Conqueror, he is Julius Caesar, he is just like he's this Genghis mythical Chinggis Khan. Khan, he is this mythical figure. Right. 
it's like it's whenever 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 someone says his name, you don't need any context, you don't need any you don't need any other information other than just the mention of his name is all you need to conjure up this image. This legendary mythical image of the conqueror. Yeah. And at the same time, like though he was also prudent right. and conscientious. Right. He gave and, people the chance to surrender. He wouldn't he wouldn't burn them if he had to, if he didn't have yeah. to. He was smart enough to he was smart enough to say, Look, I don't want to kill you. I don't you, I, like remove your crown and you but you will still maintain your lands. Right. Which really is which really is loyalty to me. Right. Which is really what a lot of what many great conquerors actually did before they started consolidating, which is look. I mean, one of the best examples of this is actually is actually the Persians. Because what the mm -hmm. Persians did was all they essentially the only thing that changed was you just had to pay taxes to the to the to the great king of kings. And if they needed your, your military service, sometimes you had to work for them. Yeah. Other than that, they had a they had an empire that went on for two centuries. No civil wars really. That's that's how you build an empire. Is it you is. Have, you have to be smart. Yes, you can be ruthless. Yes, you can be violent. But you got to be smart. But he. But the great thing about Aegon is that he wasn't excessively violent. Well, but then there's the, his brother. But then there's the Dorn. But then there's the Dorn part, and that that does bring, bring a little bit into question. But I mean, if that's all we can bring up against him, doesn't that tell you exactly everything you need? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and I mean, let's let's face it, let's face it. But, but, but can any can anyone truly compete with Aegon? And I, I well, at least at least in this bracket right now. In this bracket, it's it's another case of it's close, but no. Yeah. Might be cutting it a little bit short, but. We might indeed, but I mean, let's let's face it. No one. I mean, we knew this going in. Let's face it. No one was going to compete with Aegon in this bracket. Well, I don't know. Like, I was surprised. Like, in some ways, Ares is worthy of competing because it just—it's the opposite. It is not just. Yeah, I'm going to fight a little bit for Ares. All right, <laughs> That's all right. A weird statement. It's just like fighting for Magor. <laughs> Yeah, you fought for Magor surprisingly passionately, but I, I and I don't know whether that's out of terror or hatred. Yes, is what I say to that. Yes, it's the same with this. Well, because Ares is the embodiment of despotism. Of right. like, whereas Magor was the image of like the the tyrant, as we said. Mm. I would say he is that Ares is the image of the despot. Mm -hmm. And. Whereas Aegon had to had seven warring kingdoms that he tried to unite through the sword, and, and he had three and dragons. He had three dragons and a fleet of ships. But I mean, he, he was well prepared for this assault on on Westeros. Yes, but with all that in mind, though, like, but compare that to where just like the the amazing story of that. Ares had so much of everything laid out for him, and, uh, and, and then, like he managed to destroy 
everything. Yeah. I'm just like, not just a failure, but a spectacular, unbelievable, catastrophic failure. Right. It's kind of like, well, we'll give you some points for that. You, I mean, when you mess up, you went above and beyond you messed up. Yeah. Basically, he could have just, he could have coasted by and been a total Viserys the first. Right. Or Ares the first and be like forgotten as a, but man, like, because like we said, like, he had an heir. Right. And he had helped rid the Blackfires forever. So no one was going around to contest him. And he had a good hand of the king. Right. Everything was set up. And you screwed it up. You destroyed it all. That, that takes a certain that that takes a certain level of of just pettiness, yeah, stupidity pettiness and, and incompetence. Because like they're stupid. I, I do maintain stupid because it's just like because he lets his pettiness and vanity mm-hmm. blind him from things that he himself could vaguely understand. Like maybe I, I shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I'm the king. It's like, big mistake. That's why I say stupid, because it's like, stupidity is not sometimes like you just don't know. It's also that you do know, but just choose to behave like and do something that is obviously not the right call. Yeah. That is like... That, that is next level incompetence. Yeah. And also next level arrogance yeah so i think okay i think we decided like darren is like a really really great figure Mm -hmm. but but it's either this great amazing conquering hero or this astonishing catastrophic failure the founding of the roman empire Follow the Roman Empire. Precisely. Precisely, my friend. Precisely. What how do you how how can you possibly because oh, both are 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 hard. Both are really yeah. hard. Because I'm like both, one right. is like uniting a, a civilization or a landmass that has been a, at perpetual war with each other for thousands of years right and setting up a legacy that lasts three centuries and then someone who who does not seem at all to have the end in sight somehow managed to accomplish it (sighs) managed to just be so incompetent and so awful that it all just falls so much apart right and also gives birth to the story that we hear. Yep. Because, I mean, the other thing that Ares has on Aegon is Ares is recent. Yeah. Ares is a recent memory. People were, people, there are people alive today in their prime of their life who still remember what happened. Yep. Well, not really, but yes. (laughs) Um, I don't 
I'm glad exactly. you're you, you were fighting for it kind of convinced me, which is rare because it's usually the opposite. Okay. Thanks. Uh, well, okay, now now we've got a good debate going here. I think it does boil down to... Hmm. Well, the thing is, like, with Aegon, it's, yes, he has this huge advantage to him. Right. But at the same time, like, by, by Dorn, it's both, like, clever... Right. That actually, maybe Dorn actually might work in his favor, because it shows that he wasn't invincible. Yeah. And, and it shows, like, how he could be defeated. Well, and, and, it, also, how, like, and it also shows that it, he, was, he was smart enough to know when a battle was lost. Oh, I don't know about that, dude. It, it took that mysterious letter he got to get him to give up on Dorn. Like, the only time he, he bled from the Iron Throne was when he gripped it so hard after reading that letter. I was like, what it was in that letter? What did you, what happened? Well, no one knows. It's like, did you, was it a threat? Was it a promise? Who knows, what yeah. was in that letter? Yep. <laughs> yeah, all the questions, the questions that he will never get an answer to. Which is fine. Which is yeah, fine. I, I like the I like the I like the don't know anything about history either. Yeah. What happened to those princes in the tower? Who knows? Like we can guess, but was Brutus no was, was Brutus Caesar's son? Maybe. maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it's a case of, not only was he not invincible, I think Aegon, in, in, a, in a very, very bizarre way, because hear me out on this one, Aegon, in a, in a weird way, because he wasn't able to conquer Dorne, he gave something that his ancestors, sorry, that his descendants could sort of live themselves up to, sort of uh, compare themselves to, saying that, I did what Aegon the Conqueror didn't. Yeah. And which also... Darren's did, yeah. Right, which Darren did. And also, there's always that... There's always that you came so close. Yeah. No one did it. You came the closest, but you didn't quite conquer all the kingdoms. Well, even though Alexander knew there were, were territories he knew he didn't conquer... Although he was trying to make it before he croaked. Well, and then Alexander, one of my favorite subjects, Alexander made the colossal mistake of not leaving an heir. Well, that, that, that's a whole other tangent we could get into. His wife was pregnant at the time, and he didn't expect to die. <laughs> well, to put, it, to put it simply, basically what happened to Alexander the Great is kind of what happened to Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Yes, oh, I know what you mean by that, and yes, yes. Yeah. It's like, wars. Sadly, put it this way, we'll put it this way, the War of Five Kings, the War of the Successors. Hmm, sound vaguely familiar? Yeah. Oh, that's a good pull, that's a good pull, yeah. Well, so, like I said, I, it's so close. It's it so is. Close. I, 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 I like Ares, I like Ares, if you know the reason that's like, he is the he is the ultimate symbol of this guy screwed up. Yeah. And he screwed up so badly. And he's such a great boogeyman also of just like the right. mad king. 
Right. That it cost him his mad. life. It cost him his life. It cost him his dynasty. It cost him his family. And it cost him his legacy. Yeah. But Aegon just has the overshadowing might of being the creator of the dynasty. He is Genghis Khan. He is Caesar Augustus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. You... Yeah. I... Another close call, but yes. It is a close call again, yes, but like, I have will edge to Aegon because creating the dynasty and really... I really like the idea of uniting Westeros. Agreed. I love the idea of uniting Westeros. Yes, admittedly through the sword, but he did do it. And once he was in power, though, he doesn't try to force no. Westeros to change for him. Well, and the other, thing like, too, the, the other thing, too, that you've got to give Aegon a bit of credit for is that he was probably smart enough to realize that, look, just because I united all of you does not mean that you're going to stay united. So I need to make sure that, and, and again, this is where Magor comes in. As much of Magor was a psychopath and complete monster, it was after that that they were able to get something resembling an empire yeah. together that stuck together. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I think we're agreed then, yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to go to to Aegon the Conqueror, the yeah. founder of of the modern-day Westeros. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, the years are, are counted from his conquest. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Aegon the Conqueror. Well, now we have now we have the three. Now we have the three. So it's going to be down to Jaehaerys, Robert, and, and Aegon the Conqueror. Honestly, <laughs> once again, another very tough debate. It will be. That will be tough. That will be not easy. Well, we'll see you all there, and uh, thanks for listening. This has been great. Bye.